No fear. No political correctness. No wokeism. You're listening to Underground USA. Thanks for downloading and listening. I'm Frank Salvato. Before we get into this current segment of America's Third Watch, I wanted to preface a point that we touch on, which centers on the obnoxious trend of everyone needing to be a change agent activist. And I come down heavy on Starbucks on this, but more about that later. Understand, I haven't got an issue with people who see a wrong and want to affect change for the better. In fact, I applaud them. The world needs more people aware of our societal maladies and willing to sacrifice to affect positive change. But the key word in all of that is sacrifice. And the chief sacrifice is taking the time to understand the issue thoroughly. Too many people, especially Gen Zers and university students, allow their emotions to drive them without a comprehensive understanding of the issue that has triggered them. The danger in being only quasi-informed on an issue is that this class of activist falls prey to the manipulative social engineers who almost always exist on the transformative left. A quasi-informed change-agent activist is easily manipulated into being a useful idiot for those who believe the failed ideologies of socialism and communism can somehow, if just done a little bit differently, create utopia. Utopia is unattainable. I touch on just such a useful idiot at the start of this segment. A purple-haired, metal-headed Starbucks barista, and yes, I'm stereotyping, so what, who believes that putting a political statement on a coffee cup qualifies as activism. When we come back, this morning's segment on America's Third Watch. You're listening to Underground USA. Handcrafted exotic blend teas at the lowest shipping cost anywhere. Hi, I'm CJ, owner of the Emerald Coast Tea Company. We ship our premium gourmet blends with Sindel, offering you the lowest shipping prices anywhere, while also being carbon neutral. Excellent tea at the right price. Check us out at www.emeraldcoastteacompany.com. Honey, this ain't your mama's tea. American Airlines rated the worst, losing the most bags, shrinking legroom during COVID. American requires passengers to show ID to fly, but attacks Texas's popular voter ID law. Why is CEO Doug Parker trying to appease the radical left to distract from billions in taxpayer bailouts, from his $10 million payday, from Americans' record layoffs? Doug Parker, American Airlines, serve your customers, not woke politicians. News, insight, passion. AM 930, The Answer.
949-822-7959. That's the number to call if you'd like to be part of the broadcast this morning. Welcome to everybody, of course, listening on AM860, The Answer. Also listening along the uh, GCN network. Of course, GCN distributes the program out to our great AM and FM radio affiliates. And uh, folks, uh, we've, of course, joined this morning in this hour by Frank Silvato, undergroundusa.com. That's the website for him. He's also the author of the book, Nullification. Good morning and happy Monday, Frank. Mr. Kyle. <laughs> well, you know, you and, you and I had uh, communicated earlier today, and there's a particular thing that went on, and you really are uh, wanting to make our listeners aware of this, and I completely agree. So t- tell us about what's going on. I was scrolling up and down on Facebook just trying to catch up on, on what my friends were doing. And uh, a friend of mine from long time ago who lives in the area where I grew up, in the Hinsdale, Clarendon Hills area of Illinois, posted something and showed the picture. She went through a Starbucks to get her morning coffee on a Sunday. And when she got up to the window, she saw the person putting the lid on it, grabbed her cup, paid for it, and took off. And about an hour later, when she was home, she had her strained, burnt beans and hot water sitting on the table after spending $12 for it. Right. And noticed, noticed that the name that was on the sticker that they now place when you, when you call an order in or when you make an order said Palestine. Really? Wow. Yeah. Palestine. The little kid, the, the, I'm sorry, the barista. <laughs> who, uh, you know, probably has about 12 pounds of metal somewhere on his head, thought that it was a okay thing to be proselytizing about the Hamas-Israel conflict on a cup of coffee on a Sunday morning. This is the kind of crap that people are tired of. Yeah, big time. Just do your job. I don't need someone who has an anti-American studies PhD who went over and got a gig with Starbucks, making coffee, probably very disgruntled, like I said, 12 pounds of metal in their head, making a statement with my cup of coffee. Right. Just shut up and give me my coffee. (laughs) Isn't this something? I mean, this is really beyond the pale, isn't it? Everybody's an activist. No, no matter what, you can't just go to work, do your job. Hey, I don't care. You know, everybody gets an opinion in the United States, and thank God they do. But you can't always be jamming it in other people's faces. What, because I get this sticker that says Palestine on my coffee from Starbucks, suddenly I'm having a revelation? Wow, maybe the Palestinians, I shouldn't be looking at it like this. That's right. I have to reevaluate my whole worldview at this point. Yeah, because of a sticker on my Starbucks cup of coffee. How about this? Make my coffee, do your job, hand it to me. I don't care if you smile at me or not when I take my coffee, but just shut up about your politics. No kidding. Well, well, it it does seem like, especially with some some of the folks these days, they feel like they have to affect change. And even if they may not have all the facts – about what that change really would be about or what it would do. Uh, they just, they just got to get on this bandwagon. And th- that's why I just, I'm very anti bandwagon of things like that. When people jump on bandwagons, and that's, I think this is where the whole idea of jumping on the bandwagon came from. Oh, that looks bright and shiny. Let's just jump on it. <laughs> right. 
Oh, that's that's something I should be involved with. Now I want to be important. Right. I, I'm not going to change my political opinion on the, on the Palestinian-Israeli conflict because of somebody who sticks a sticker on a cup of coffee. If this person wants to make a difference, take your next paycheck, buy the airline ticket, go on over there, and, and take up arms with Hamas. Live in Gaza and help them. Or take your entire paycheck and give it to them. You want to be a change agent. But you might want to make sure you know what you're talking about before you decide to tell other people to think the way you think. Well, sure. And, and, and nine times out of ten, somebody told them, this is what you need to think. And they jumped on that bandwagon, basically. I would bet that if you ask this person the history of the Palestinian people, it would be that they carved out Israel from the poor Palestinian lands and gave it to them and robbed it. They're colonizers. The Israelis are colonizers. Well, you know, you're going to have to go back into the book 3,000 years to try and eat that crow. And folks, don't forget, Frank Silvato, undergroundusa.com is the website. And, of course, Frank's the author of the book Nullification. And uh, there was another incident uh, at a coffee shop. I don't think this one was a Starbucks, but it just shows how pervasive this this weirdness is getting, don't you think? Yeah, it was out in Oakland, California, a little way north of you, uh, where somebody who was working the counter started harassing a, a Jewish patron, saying anti-Semitic things and blocking her way, uh, blocking her egress out of the uh, the establishment. Now, thank God that the owners of that place found that action and, and that that mindset to be unacceptable, they fired that person. Good. And and quite honestly, I see no reason that something that serious shouldn't happen to the person that did the same thing at the Starbucks and in in the Hinsdale area. You at least have to have a talk with the, with them, saying this is not the appropriate venue for what you're trying to espouse. You can have all the beliefs and opinions you want, but when you're working here, you represent this place. And you don't get to speak for all the employees of this chain. So when someone calls them with an order, you put the proper name down where it's supposed to be. Or if you want to do something that is uplifting, that is, you know, that's a feel-good thing, I could tolerate that too. But when you start taking a political stance in any way, shape, or form, while you're working representing this establishment, that's not okay. I'd be willing to give them the benefit of the doubt. You get one shot, you've expended it. The next time you do something like this, you're done. Well, in, indeed. And this goes to a lot of different workplaces. You know, it's it's very difficult to work in an office or, you know, work with your coworkers. If somebody, you know, is starting to, uh, to really make things political, it just seems like it's always good form to, it, for one reason or another, to just kind of leave that at home. Unless, you know, you get to talking with somebody, you get to know them and you can kind of talk about what you think. But certainly when it comes to customers, you know, it, you know, because obviously you start maybe treating somebody different because, oh, this customer, oh, I know they, they voted for Trump or something like that. So we're going to make their life, you know, very difficult when they call here or when they try to get our product or service. Well, we, oh, we saw the same thing with, with the Trump thing and not only the, the most recent election they lost, but the election they won, that people wouldn't serve them in places. People had had to say something in public, had to be confrontational. That serves no purpose. I, I've been saying for quite a while now that we need to start talking about politics with our friends, neighbors, and family. 
We also need to start talking about religion. If we knew religion better, we would understand what was going on in Gaza is very, very wrong. But talking to someone about politics is not just standing there pontificating what you believe, browbeating people into accepting your truth as the truth. I hate that term, too, but it's my truth. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. Yeah, there's uh, variations of truth. Yeah, that's moral relativism. I'm sorry. Uh-uh. There's truth, fact-based truth that you can reason with in an age of reason. That's where our nation was born in the age of reason. Or you can just stick your head in the sand and say, well, I don't care what the facts are. This is my truth. Well, I don't care about your truth. Stick your truth. <laughs> well, well, a good example of this was the other night with uh, Gavin Newsom with uh, talk, you know, debating Ron DeSantis. Gavin Newsom just, yeah, yeah, he, he just kept checking off the different boxes of the different groups that he was feigning outrage for. And this is where all this has come because this group has their truth and the other group has their truth and the other group has their truth. So you kind of have to kind of cover all the bases, but yet it, it, it hobbles you to be able to say, no, this is what we need to do in this situation because this is the path we need to take because you have got to account for everybody's truth. Gavin Newsom's truth contradicted fact-based <laughs> data that was presented to both of them by Gavin Newsom's preferred political organization, which is now in power. These are the FBI crime statistics. No, they're not. I think there's a Family Guy episode where, where the contrarian horse is just sitting on the couch going, nope, nope, that's not right. That's a lie. That's not right. That's what Gavin Newsom sounded like. Yeah, and that, then he tried to make it look like, no, no, the murder rate's much worse in Tampa. Oh, much, much worse. Much worse. Tampa, it's, 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 it's incredible. It's a, it's a murder farm. But, but L.A. and Oakland? No, no, it's a peaceful, loving, rural destination. You might want to bring your agriculture shoes. The idea that everybody, and you hit on this, and it's a great point to reiterate, the idea that everybody feels that they need to be an activist that they need to be agents of change. Not everybody gets to go up onto the main stage and play with the Rolling Stones. Mm -hmm. They just don't. You don't get to go walk up to the Chicago Opera House and sing with Pavarotti. You want to be a change agent? Look in your own backyard, and what can you change in your immediate life that can make the world better? The fact that you put Palestine on a coffee cup at a drive-thru, that changes nothing. It's not about awareness. It's not about what's right and wrong. It doesn't adv advance a fact. It's just an indignant demonstration that you want to be part of something. Well, sometimes you don't get to be a part of something. Well, right, right. And and this isn't just about Starbucks or coffee places because this principle is happening out there across the board in so many ways. And uh, but this is where we're seeing some of these symptoms and it should be concerning to everybody because, uh, again, you know, I'm glad what you said just earlier, the idea that, you know, a lot of people won't even that are these kinds of activists, they don't they don't know the history and they can't, I mean, it doesn't boil down to naming provinces in Ukraine like Ramaswamy was talking about the other day. But they don't even understand the basic history of how this all came about. This comes, this explosion of indignant ignorance, it has since exploded onto the stage 
with the idea that we have to attain social justice. Now, I'll bet you can walk up to a gaggle of people who believe they're social justice warriors and ask them, what's the definition of social justice? And they will come up with a thousand different definitions of what that's supposed to be. We as a country are not perfect. That's why in our founding documents, it, it states clearly in order to form a more perfect union. We are an experiment that is in a constant state of trying to find better. But when you're just going to spout off because you're emotionally charged without understanding the facts of anything, that doesn't help anybody. No justice is in that. It, it, it advances what you feel. And quite honestly, I'm not responsible for your feelings. I'm just not. I sit down and I read before I shoot my mouth off. Hey, I, That's novel. Some people, yeah. some, people, <laughs> some people may say I shoot my mouth off a little bit too much, but I defend my stances with facts, with history. I, I love reading history. I love looking at history. And, and if you don't know the history of what you're talking about, how do you know anything about it? Even what's happening in the immediate in a, in a subject that has, has been a subject for decades or maybe even millennia. The now doesn't usually represent the total. Right. Exactly. You know, so I just, I, I've got no use for people who think that being indignant makes the world a better place. You know, well, what about racism, Frank? We had to march for racism. We had to, we had to make sure that racism wasn't, well, you know what? Now we've gone so far past where we wanted to, where we wanted to turn mm -hmm. that we're back to racism. No kidding. You, You've got racism against white males that is just endemic in this society today. And you're insisting that it's not about skin color. No kidding. Isn't that something? Frank, can you stick around for a third segment? Sounds good. Stay right there. Folks, we're coming right back. I'll warn with you. Who helped cause soaring gas prices? BlackRock. Who contributed to outrageous housing prices? BlackRock. BlackRock and Larry Fink spent years harassing oil and gas companies, making them divest from fossil fuels. Now you feel the pain. And BlackRock-owned companies are snatching up houses, crippling families. Now BlackRock's former ESG czar Brian Deese is Biden's economic advisor, crushing America from within. That's what BlackRock is really about. Some people won't give you the real talk on drugs. But it's time we know the facts. Fentanyl is often laced into illicit drugs and used to make fake versions of prescription pills. You can't see it, taste it, or smell it. Suppliers mix fentanyl into their products because it's potent and cheap. And the dealer might not even know. Keep yourself and others safe by knowing the real deal on fentanyl. Get the facts. Go to realdealonfentanyl.com. This message is brought to you by the Ad Council. News, insight, passion. AM 930, The Answer. Nine four nine eight two two seventy nine fifty nine. That's the number. If you have a question or comment for Frank Silvato, of course, uh, he's author of the book Nullification. Also, the uh, website for Frank is undergroundusa.com. And Frank, you know, we are having a lot of fun here on the program this morning. And, of course, it's Monday. We hope people are, are uh, sort of laughing along with us here. But what we're talking about is incredibly serious because this is a pervasive 
sort of mentality that's very difficult to change. How do you think? And I, I you know, I, I agree. I think, you know, we got to talk with our neighbors and our friends, but we got to find that way, that angle. How, how do we how do we go about that? Do you think? Well, I can't speak for everybody and I don't think there's a silver bullet there. But when I do talk one-on-one with people about a hot-button situation where I know they might not have my my exact mindset on it, I always find that asking questions that make them explain their position works well because it gives you an opportunity to ask follow-up questions. And that's how you you get into the conversation about it. You just have to watch as you're asking these questions because of their answers not to allow it to get too heated if it does talk about something else for a couple seconds then come back come back around and and ask another question about that maybe in a different way so you don't incite uh the trigger you know when, when you're talking politics with people who can get triggered easily understand that's the mark of somebody who had really doesn't think things through all the time very well before they form an opinion. People who get triggered just because of a political topic usually don't have a deep thinking mindset when it comes to those issues. They just feel a certain way. I'm not saying they don't feel passionate about it. Right, right. The anger and the trigger, you know, illustrates that they're passionate about it. But just being passionate about something doesn't mean you understand that topic completely. If all of a sudden you're talking about statistics and data and facts and you're talking about history and you're you're talking about uh, book titles, well, so you know, so and so wrote this in 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 his title that or her title this. Now you're talking to somebody you can have a long conversation about, maybe even learn a little bit from while you're exposing how you feel about it, trying to find a middle ground. But the goal is always to try to find a middle ground. Right. Uh, well, exactly. You know, um, earlier we had a quote from uh, Bill Maher, uh, and it's I, I'm finding a lot of quotes from him these days because, you know, uh, being incredibly liberal the way that he is, we probably would have, uh, you know, we'd probably disagree with him on just about 99% of everything, but he's starting to feel the heat now because he was just recently saying how, you know, he he's an old school liberal, but he thinks that, um, you know, those who just, as he basically said, only watch MSNBC and read the New York Times would probably kind of really consider him to be quote unquote conservative by comparison. And what he's helping to sort of illustrate is that there's this shift that's over to just hyper liberalism, for lack of a better term, but uh, be, and, and where it's dug in, there is no middle ground. See, that's that's the thing, and that's that's what we're 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 fighting with here. Well, that's what the woke culture truly believes, that they know what's right and everybody else doesn't. And if you don't see things my way, you're a bigot or you're a sexist or you're a homophobe, you're an Islamophobe, xenophobe. Uh, what what Mars experiencing is the fact that the group of people that he expected historically to support him have moved way to the left of where he is. Now, I'm not saying that his opinions haven't shifted a little bit. When you talk to so many people, even if you're, you know, using those conversations for a little bit of a comedic buzz, right. you you still pick up on what other people are thinking, and your views are fluid on many, many things. But his surprise is that the left didn't stay stable. They just kept galloping to the far left. And the far left in this particular instance 
is the the morphing of Democrats into neo-fascists and and now democratic socialists. And that is not conducive with individualism, with capitalism, with freedom, with entrepreneurship. It, it's just not. It's almost the polar opposite. Well, sure. In fact, you know, all we ever hear about nowadays is that if Trump gets reelected, then uh, that's the end of our democracy. Uh, you know, we're all it's all over and they'll never have elections again. But Trump's not the authoritarian here. Well, it's not even that. He's got a track record. It didn't happen before. Right. <laughs> he, he was president for four years. Nothing even remotely like what they're saying is going to happen happened. Even though they said the same thing before he was elected the first time. You may not like the man. And, and here's a perfect example of emotion over facts. You may not like the man, but I, I defy you to tell me that the economy was was just in the in the toilet. I defy you to tell me that there wasn't home ownership numbers rising across the demographic board. I defy you to show me where we were almost on the brink of war anywhere in the world. None of the stuff they're predicting happened the first time the guy was president. So what do they predicate this on? They predicated on the echo chamber that they live in. The idiots like Rob Reiner, who who say, oh, it's the end of the world. The world will split in two if Donald Trump is elected president. Why didn't it split in two the first time then, Rob? Right. Well, that's all part of the messaging. And and uh, and and the, they'll keep, you know, sort of saying this from the rooftops. And and uh, some people do continue to buy it. It's the same. It's the same kind of lie as we're fighting for you. Send us back to Washington because we're fighting for you, but nothing ever gets better. And that was even the basis in 2016 of what Trump was talking about. Hey, nothing ever changes. Why don't you take a flyer and vote for me? If they're fighting for us, then why hasn't Dick Durbin sent a subpoena to release Jeffrey Epstein's flight logs at Marsha Blackburn's senatorial request for that subpoena? If you're fighting for me, why can't we know who a now departed and and good, good riddance, now departed pedophile? Let's find out who the other pedophiles are. <laughs> yeah, that would follow, wouldn't it? Yeah, are you fighting are you fighting for us, Mr. Durbin? Or should I call you Dick? <laughs> If you like the podcast, subscribe, leave a comment, rate it if your platform lets you. Be sure to head on over to undergroundusa.com to sign up for our Substack, which comes straight to you, circumventing the censors and the fact checkers, because we both know that they're worthless, and that's been proven over time. And be sure to pick up your copy of Nullification, the case for decentralizing the federal government, available in Kindle and paperback over at amazon.com. You're listening to Underground USA. My name is Frank Salvato, and we will be back right after this. This podcast is a production of the Compass Point Group.